Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Hello and welcome to another edition of CTRM Radio, Comtech's podcast on everything CTRM. And for this edition, we'll be looking at CTRM delivered as a service in the cloud. There are a number of vendors emerging these days that are offering software as a service, either for discrete pieces of functionality or indeed for an entire suite of CTRM functionality. Furthermore, they're offering these sometimes as an instant CTRM solution where essentially you put in a credit card and off you go. We thought we'd investigate this phenomena and we've spoken to three of the people in the industry that are delivering or can comment on such an approach. Let's get started by talking with CEO and founder of CTRM Cubed, Mr. Simon Piercy. Simon? So if you think about instant CTRM, we're basically talking about a CTRM product that you can take off the shelf, use straight away. There's other platforms out there like Salesforce, Office 365, Dynamics, that people are familiar with. The idea being you turn up, you land on some landing page, you register, and you start to use the platform straight away. I think it's really important that these platforms are multi-tenanted and primarily self-service. So there shouldn't need to be a huge amount of involvement from the actual vendor themselves when putting these um, when putting these systems in. CTRM is a slightly different problem space than, say, for example, Salesforce, because there is an expectation that the systems are set up with a certain amount of standing data. That has to be provisioned. I think that's important. And also, these platforms should be set up to be able to import data relatively quickly and easily as part of that setup process. The other aspect of instant CTRM also applies to things like upgrades. So, for example, there should be zero client effort when it comes to upgrades. And I think also it's important these platforms support an API to allow users to be able to self-manage, to be able to get their data in and out of the system. What do you see as the the reason for, for investing in instant CTRM? What problems are being solved and what are the benefits? So I think the key problem for me is just, just reducing the complexity of the sales cycle. You did a previous episode, I think, last year where you talked about the complexities of everything to do with the sales process within CTRM. And the problem is, is that that consumes a huge amount of time for both the vendor and the purchaser, but it's not very efficient. And effectively, what we're trying to do is provide a platform that you can use straight away so that you can evaluate the systems quickly. And the key drivers for there really are to be able to reduce the costs for both the both the vendor and the purchaser. That will lead to a lower price point. If we can get to a point where people can click, install, run the application, that dispenses with the need for complex contract negotiations it also reduces need, for example, for a minimum term, and also it lowers the risk of implementation as well. So there's going to be a lot less risk of, say, for example, a failed implementation, extensive cost time overruns. So in essence, there's an expectation that with a platform like this, you can do things faster, simpler, cheaper. In previous discussions with yourself, you've always been quite adamant that you, you have to start from scratch if you're looking to achieve this instant CTRM multi-tenanted in the cloud approach. Can you explain why you think that? Thinking about instant CTRM, 
there's definitely an opportunity for this type of product. If you look at the likes of Salesforce, Dynamics, this is the direction that the industry is traveling in. The idea of the sort of monolithic platform takes kind of months, weeks, years to implement. You know, that's still got its place within the sector, but which is kind of really off-putting, especially for smaller participants, having to think about all the process that's involved with that, the sales cycle, the contracts. And we just kind of felt that there was a better way of doing it. You know, there's some really important premises here. So first of all, if we can get a platform right that allows this concept of instant setup, multi-tenanted, then from our perspective, that reduces the whole uh, sales process as well. People can just access a site. They can try the system out. They can try a few configurations. If they've got any questions, they can come back to us. They can talk to us. You know, maybe we'll pr- be able to provide a bit of pre-sales support in terms of uh, some help on setup or use of the system or configuration. But effectively, that whole concept of the self-service is really key to what we're uh, uh, what we're trying to do. Once you've got that as a concept, we then had to have a think, well, how do we implement uh, this type of platform? And again, we've done some research and development on this. We had a good think around the existing applications that are out there. We did also have a look and see if there's any other vendors doing something similar. And what we sort of saw was that there were vendors coming to the fore that would say, you know, you can have a platform within... 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. But for us, again, that's still a lot of effort and investment from both the vendor and the purchaser. And can we go about actually reducing this down and making something where somebody can come along, set up, start to use it straight off the bat? So once you kind of have that concept, I think this becomes quite appealing to a to, to a large section of the, of the potential clients out there because now you can effectively evaluate the software without having a lot of risk of implementation, a lot of risk of requirements gathering and writing and and those sort of activities. Once you kind of move beyond that, effectively the implementation side of things starts to become a lot easier. And if you are a small operator in in this sector, then that starts to become a lot more attractive. Now, if you think a little bit about the technology side, in order to enable this We've had to think a little bit more outside the box. We couldn't just put in kind of some of the monolithic technologies from the past. We've been able to achieve the multi-tenanted setup through the use of container technology, Docker, Kubernetes orchestration. And that's been really a key part of the R&D activities that we've been doing over the last couple of years. You know, I'm pleased to say that all that side of things has has come, come together really nicely. And effectively, what we've been able to do is to be produce a bit of software that does have this sort of instant setup, instant capability. Now, on top of that, we also provide an API capability so people can get data in and out of it themselves. Again, it's really promoting this idea of kind of self-service. In terms of the functionality of the platform, well, again, we've had to be relatively modest in, in thinking about what it can do for starters because effectively we've partitioned the sort of 80-20 rule partitioned 80% of it that you know people are going to want from day one. Standard activities like trading, portfolio management, standard data setup, curves, mark-to-market, valuation, all those type of things that are really common to all CTRM platforms. And the idea being is the other 20%, we can then think about how we implement that via, for example, custom modules, 
We're also thinking a little bit about open source as well and how we might uh, look at, say, using something like open source, putting source on GitHub for integration components and also for things like standing data setup as well. Whilst we're not going to necessarily open source the actual platform itself, um, I think there's a lot of movement towards open source more generally and being able to do those sort of things really supports the idea of a more open system and a more open architecture. When does this get launched? So we're very close. We're targeting September, October for for launch. We may well do a beta platform prior to that. One of the key enablers of the technology is that we'll be able to provide free evaluations. So if people kind of sign up, then they get a certain number of days, thinking you know between 30 and 60 days, where they can actually use the platform without any cost themselves to do that evaluation. And then beyond that, then there's just a fairly straightforward per user per month fee for ongoing use of the application. Thank you, Simon. And I'll now pass over to Patrick Greens, who caught up with David Levan, Managing Director of Sequant in the United States. Patrick? We're speaking today with David Levan, Managing Director of Sequant, Colorado-based provider of a cloud platform for energy risk and analytics. The question of the day is essentially, we've seen a a growing demand for on-demand or essentially pay-as-you-go capabilities or models for cloud-delivered ETRM, CTRM services and tools, uh, including analytics. With Sequence's recent success in providing these types of services and risk and analytics, what do you believe is is driving the increased demand and and what are the benefits and, and potentially any drawbacks for users of such services? You know, the energy industry, as you know, is, is extremely large, and, and most of us only have real insight into the part that we focus on. So I, you know, I, I don't want to suggest that I'm speaking for the industry as a whole, but having said that, I think at Sequent.io, we started the company based on a few core principles, and those principles have seem to be spot on with what the market is looking for. So in broad terms, I think customers today are no longer wanting to deal with enterprise software and all of the expensive headaches that come with that. Customers more often than not want immediate access to powerful and sophisticated solutions, or in our case, analytic solutions. And customers increasingly want freedom of movement and flexibility when it comes to their analytic solutions. What we have seen, and the reason why we started Sequant, quite frankly, is that we have seen that traditional vendors are not meeting any of those market demands. You know, speaking broadly again, Patrick, you know, many of those traditional vendors want upfront large payments. They seek out very long customized deployment projects and multi-year contracts. And, and so they're not really focused on what the marketplace wants today. And as a result, cloud-based vendors or you could say software as a service vendors like sequant.io are experiencing pretty rapid growth. You know, Sequant users can access sophisticated analytic models in a feature-rich cloud-based platform. Basically, the analyst chooses their models, designs their workflow, and can even automate their entire analytic process in Sequant 
And because we're cloud-based, those solutions run much faster. There's no deployment projects, no hardware to buy, no upgrades, all of that. And I think Sequant, we think that's what the marketplace is looking for. And the growth rates that we've experienced over the last few years has has borne out that we probably made a good bet. So, David, in terms of specifics about what types of, of clients are, are looking for these cloud-based solutions, these these essentially software as a service, true software as a service, and, and not necessarily enterprise scale or monolithic solutions, is there a commonality amongst those, common characteristic that you could point to? Yeah, uh, typically those customers tend to be a little bit more cost conscious in general. So there still is a market, quite frankly, for large enterprise software deployments, but that market is shrinking, right? That, that customers are having to walk through a tighter and tighter fit to get what they want in that particular mode of solution. So, but customers that either do not want to engage in buying and managing enterprise software, and they don't, for one reason or another, want to hire teams of PhD quants to build their internal solution, whether it be for analytics or, or deal capture or settlements or whatever the case may be. That takes typically quants and or software developers and then database administrators, the whole nine yards. The customers that don't want either the enterprise solution or don't want to build it themselves are typically looking for cloud-based solutions because it kind of is the Goldilocks solution, right? It still is off the shelf. It still has been vetted by dozens of other clients, but they have lower cost of entry. They're up and running faster and they have more flexibility, right? If it doesn't work out with your software as a service provider, you can cancel that contract and you're probably just moving on to the next solution without too much trouble. If you, in, right. if, you know, you have enterprise software and you've spent two years deploying that and you want to move to a different solution, probably people are losing their jobs. So yeah, I, it's, you'll probably look for a different solution at a different company. So. That's, right. that's right. So I think if you if you neither want to build it yourself nor do you want the enterprise solution, these days you're typically looking for cloud-based. Is there anything of note that stands out to you as being a, a potential disadvantage of this type of approach? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no you know, there's no such thing as a perfect solution, right? So if the customers that spend a lot of time and effort on their enterprise solution are typically getting something that's for the for the most part has been customized and tailored for their use. People that are that are buying off the shelf software as a service solutions or or rather subscribing to those solutions, you know, they're getting solutions that a bunch of other people ha- are using, so it's not customized to their approach. And then the cloud-based software solutions are typically considered more of a best-of-breed approach rather than having one piece of software to do a whole bunch of different things for you. So there typically is some data management or integration workflow process management on the part of the customer in going with going with a cloud-based solution. I don't know that you avoid that in the enterprise solution either, but you know, you, you just have to think, are my needs so different 
from everybody else's needs in the marketplace, then you probably want to spend, you know, the extra couple million dollars to deploy something proprietary. And finally, I spoke with Matt Barrett, who's CEO and co-founder of Adaptive, a London-based financial and commodities consultancy company. Matt, welcome. So I think the idea of a uh, an easy on-ramp into um, a, a commodity trading and risk management system is a very attractive one. The danger is that we, we find ourselves going in circles a little bit because, because when you mentioned, Gary, that is there a market for a, a simplistic yet sufficiently sophisticated platform? Um, I think the answer to that is yes, but the devil is in the detail of actually defining what is simplistic and sufficiently uh, sophisticated. One of the recurrent problems we had in building the commodity management platforms we've, we've built before is in teasing out the requirements for simplicity. There is a clear desire for businesses at scale to, to automate and simplify and make uh, and, and standardize their contracts and their, their trading methodologies. That, that is how organizations achieve scale. For a business, for a startup commodity trading business, the, the mindset needs to be different. The mindset needs to be uh, one of flexibility, one of pragmatism, one of bending over backwards for your um, initial clients so that they get the service from you that they that they need. Uh, only after you've proven out your your model, and by proving I mean learning and actually creating your your trading model and your methodology, are you in a position to to automate and standardise. So the the need for a uh, a system that provides more flexibility, more functionality than Excel, which is what a lot of people start with, um, is obviously there. The question is, is it possible to implement a system as a third party that is generic enough to provide added value, but flexible enough to allow you to innovate in your in your trading methodology and the way you interact with your clients, so on and so forth, your counterparties, uh, to enable you to actually compete in the market and, and generate business that is, that is sticky. Uh, I think that is a, a very difficult question. The technology uh, now is, is there to support the rapid development and iteration of functionality and ideas. And I think that um, the technology, as long as you're unburdened by legacy, which is a, a big if for many of the players out in the market, as long as you're unburdened by legacy and are starting with a clean slate and have a, a, um, a relative amount of experience in, uh, in the market you're, you're building the CTRM for, then it should be easy to build build such a platform. The question is one of um, people, not technology at that stage. And are you able to articulate to the clients of said system exactly what it is you're giving them? Um, we find very frequently that um, our style of delivery, our style of, of, of development and, and technology provision for our clients requires a, uh, a considerable level of sophistication. What, what do I mean by that? I mean, if you give people a blank slate, a, an empty whiteboard, so to speak, and ask them what they'd like, many people struggle to come up with cogent answers. You can make people feel very uncomfortable by exposing them to the limits of their their, uh, their ignorance when they are supposed subject matter experts within the business you're talking to, and that can make for a very difficult uh, client-client working relationship. Um, but also it means that they will often try to solutionize, solve problems that aren't problems, make bad prioritization decisions, et cetera, et cetera. A sophisticated client who has been down the road before understands product development and can prioritize features, understands the cost-benefit ratio of complexity when implemented in the system, understands that the, the complexity of trying to catch all the different, the 
the different vagaries or the different uh, ambiguities of the real world in a electronic trading system is very high. It's a very high cost to do that, and a lot of time can be spent in analysis and development and testing when you realize that you what you thought was right was wrong. If, if you have a, a sophisticated client who understands that what you're building them is a uh, a more powerful, uh, more semantic Excel, then you are, are probably in a good place. Finding that client is difficult, and they, they don't self-identify, so you really have to have to experiment and learn and find the right client to go on the journey with. We have, in the past, as adapted, been fortunate to find a few of these clients when investing in new significant new pieces of infrastructure. So we know they do exist, but they, uh, they, are, they are rare, uh, and most clients are not that sophisticated. So I, so I think that technology-wise, it's entirely possible these days. Using the cloud, modern open source frameworks and libraries, you can stay away from vendor components for a very long time and do what you need to do with, with what's available for free or, or for very low cost a la cloud. Uh, but the, the people problem of actually building the pipeline and requirements and understanding what the business is uh, and will be and how the business needs to change is a difficult one. Particularly when you are live and you have to, um, and you have immediately created your own legacy. You have your own, you have a data model, you have um, product hierarchies, contextual data, uh, and as you realise that those early decisions you made were wrong and you need to change them and you need to upgrade your running system, then you start moving slower and slower, and, and the cost-benefit ratios all change again, and it can get it can get quite tricky. What we're also, I think, seeing from some of these newer vendors that are trying to develop services in the cloud is is very much that, that they're not focusing necessarily on solving the, trying to solve the entire problem, but trying to solve specific problems with a service in the cloud. I've seen some things where ostensibly they're saying it's CTRM, but when you actually look at it, they're sucking in, they're sucking in prices from various sources um, they're sucking in trades from various sources. They're valuing those trades and then throwing out report. And that's essentially all that service does. So do you think that the the approach whereby you take more of an ecosystem type approach and build in, you know, build discrete services and, and hook them together has any merit or not? I think it has a lot of merit, but there is a, a major gotcha uh, hidden in there. One of the things we see in different parts of the markets in which we, we serve is so, so they're not. It's not for. Uh, it's not for trading. It's for regulatory compliance, uh, which of course affects commodities firms. But it's, it's slightly different in the trade lifecycle or the business value chain lifecycle. What we've seen is a range of uh, point solutions come up created by what they call reg tech firms. So regulation, technology driven regulatory firms that are running on the cloud that are modern, clean, easy to understand, and easy to use. But they are point solutions. So that is the product firm, the, the vendor, understanding very deeply um, something that they care a lot about and implementing a very, a very elegant solution to that problem. The issue is that for the, the large firm buying that is that they need to buy seven or eight point solutions and try to make them work together. And that is very difficult. Often the vendors, they view, them, view each other as com competitors. They all have grand visions for solving all of the reg, the reg space. Um, but the reality is that Right now, they're only solving a point solution. And so what we've seen is a number of industry initiatives to try to draw all those applications together to enable them to function from the user's perspective uh, more holistically. That can be as simple as ensuring standard set of semantic data labels uh, so that the, the reference data, the contextual data that they're talking about can be translated between different different applications when, when deployed inside a, a specific firm to, to more sophisticated technology-driven implementations that tie the 
UI together so that a user can navigate from one app to another and onto a third, um, all the while tracing the thread of a trade through these different these different um, applications so that their workflow needs can be met rather than digging around in multiple applications that if they are lucky enough to have the data at least be the same, so they have a chance of digging out the same, digging out the appropriate information from different applications, uh, it's still very time consuming and therefore not actually solving the problem. From an operational perspective, that, that's one thing. And then the other the other side of it is from an executive or, or decision-making perspective, the ability to pull all of those different applications together and report on the data in them in one go. They will all, those applications will all have, and this will be, this will be even more true for, for trading applications, I think, will have different views around the timeliness of data and therefore getting a, a snapshot from all of those different applications that can be looked on, reported on, sliced and diced to generate the answers that are needed is, is non-trivial. So while um, it seems like pulling apart those applications to provide point solutions will increase your velocity, which it will, uh, will reduce your uh, deployment time, which it will, or which will reduce your implicit complexity of having everything bundled together, which it will. It also means that you, as a as a as the user of these applications, is left a lot of that complexity just ends up on you, and you need tools to to figure out how to to solve them to reduce that complexity. Thank you for joining us for another edition of CTRM Radio. That's all we have time for today. I'd like to thank our guests, Mr. Simon Piercy. Mr. David Levin, and Mr. Matt Barrett. Patrick and I would like to thank you for listening and hope that you gained something of value from this. Of course, CGRM Radio, both this edition and past editions, can be found at cgrmcenter.com, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and other outlets. Please do stop by cgrmcenter.com for all things CGRM. Thank you. Goodbye. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Vasey and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.